Welcome to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. You're listening on EWTN Radio or St. Gabriel Radio. Beyond Damascus is carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to Beyond Damascus. We have a new look. It's a new season, and we're excited to be with you. My name is Brad Pieron, and I'm with my friends and brothers in Christ, Woo! Dan Dimite yeah, yeah. and Aaron Richards. Oh, and, uh, boy. Man, it's been a little while. This is, uh, for those of you who have listened to us before, this is season two. We're launching into uh, something new. If you tuned in before, it's going to look a lot different. So we're actually, instead of having a free-flowing conversation about a topic that we choose, we're actually going to answer uh, a single question that's presented by our subscribers. And we're going to uh, really just try to dive into different thoughts that each of us have on that question, hopefully leading us to encounter the truths of that uh, answer in new ways and leading us and ultimately launching us into mission because uh, we don't just want to talk. We want to do, we want to be. Yeah. I I think it's cool because it can be questions that like I have myself and I I like submit a question that I have, but were they going to be questions we get from people? And we're just like, I don't know how to evangelize the person when they have this mindset. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So that, the, the show really, it's it's going to be pretty uh, short and sweet every week because we want to be able to, to get people out in, into the day-to-day life that they're living. And we want them to take truth with them while they do that. So we're going to answer the question. Uh, and each of us have uh, two pennies with us because you've heard the uh, phrase before. That's my two cents. Each of us We'll have two cents to share on each of the questions. And yes. then from there, there will be a little bit of dialogue and we'll move into a segment that we're calling Mission Momentum. Because again, we want to talk about things that are true. We want to answer the questions the best that we can. But then from there, we want to help people uh, maybe take practical steps into mission in their lives. So yeah, uh, another fun thing is we're going to throw questions over to our producer who's in the studio with us, Jack. Jack, how's it going? Hey guys, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, good, man. Well, uh, Jack <laughs> will actually be presenting our question every week and then uh, we'll restate it, think about it a little bit. And then the first of us to throw two cents into the jar will be the first to approach wow, it. Wow, so. the first question ever this. on Beyond Damascus. This <laughs> is going to be a legendary, this will be in uh, yeah. Aaron's like saint archive once he's dead. Yeah, so, someone just, so, someone just bought first? like a holographic... Uh, Oh man, I'm so bad at this. Charizard? Charizard card. And this is what I'm thinking about. It was like the first one that came out. It's not even like the coolest. It's very plain. <laughs> but this is the first question we've ever asked. Okay. So like something about that. Do you Jack, think it's holographic? What is a question that you are going to give us today? Yeah, Jack. This po- week's question. Pokemon theme. So, well, okay. Aaron. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the first question, Brad, yeah. is I'm happy as is. Why do I need to give my life to Jesus? Okay, I am happy as is. Why do I need to give my life to Jesus? What do we think about that? All right, I'm the first one. I almost right. called him Aaron. So, I was so excited. Damn. I threw in my two cents. So the question is, I am happy as is. Yeah. Why do I need to give my life to Jesus? Uh, I think this is a question that um, people probably get a lot, right? Yeah. Like it's like, oh, well, I'm, I'm happy. And so I don't need Jesus. And um I think of a story. I had a college professor, a theology professor, uh, when I was in college, and he um, he told this story when he was a college student. He was at a bar one night, and some guy was like bragging about his sexual conquest at the bar, and you know he's just sitting there and he's listening to this guy as he brags. He's like, "Oh, I'm so happy. This is happening. This is happening." He's like just bragging about like this life of hedonism he's living, and um, and and so he, the college professor who was telling the story, he he just breaks into this guy who's bragging. He's like, listen, I don't know who you are, or what you stand for, but I've been in the depths of your heart. You are empty and miserable and you need a relationship with Jesus. 
And this guy in the middle of a bar just like starts to weep. And he's like, yeah, you're, you're right. And like, and, and it was like in that moment, for whatever reason, Dr. Cowhall is the, the professor's I just, name. I was just wondering who yeah. I was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he spoke a prophetic word that just broke the this wall down in this guy's heart. Yeah. And, and the spirit of God, right? It says, scripture says that the Holy Spirit convicts the heart of sin and righteousness. And just mm-hmm. that word of, you may act like you're happy, but in the depths of your heart, you're empty. Mm-hmm. It, it, it broke into him. And uh, he ended up like repenting and, and like giving his life. Like he wanted to give his life to Jesus. He wanted to know more. And I think hmm. there's something powerful about that. And yeah. so, you know, yes, people will say like, hey, I'm happy as is. Um, I don't need Jesus. And I would say maybe as is, right? And if you're happy yeah, yeah. as is, you're happy because maybe you're living an unexamined life. And as is right now, it's just a life of hedonism and consumerism. And so maybe the things in your life, and it doesn't mean you're, he, like you're a horrible human being, but consumerism and hedonism is a false happiness. It's a lie. It's a, it, it's that it presents this idea of happiness as is, right? <laughs> but it's just hedonism, and, and and there's a difference between earthly happiness and heavenly happiness. Jesus talks about that, right? There's he talks about happy are the poor, happy are those who mourn. There's beatitude, and so mm-hmm. you may be happy as is, but are you beatitude as is? And yeah. because beatitude is. I'm happy even when I do more. I'm happy when I'm suffering. I'm happy when I'm uh, I'm poor, and so I have no material wealth. I have no like pleasure. I have no fame. I'm happy. Be blessed as a man. Happy as the man who is persecuted or insulted or injured. Can you be happy in all those things? I think that the happiness that the gospel offers is heavenly happiness now. Right, that I can have heavenly happiness today. And in the depths of my heart, have I examined myself to say, okay, yeah, my life is good, but am I happy? Is it, is it beatitude? Is it this heavenly reality of happiness? That's my two cents. I love that. Can I do that every time? I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> we'll, check, we'll check with Jack okay. after the show. Got I'll it. make um, a great tip talk. Man, that's clip. like, <laughs> I, I just, I think that's so crazy like also the fact that those type of interactions can happen yeah like you can do what dr cowhall did you know like you can actually make an impact like um man yeah i i think i like what you were saying about um kind of like consumerism just getting stuff doesn't uh doesn't allow us sometimes to examine the deeper things it like buffers us from reality you know like i have all this stuff in front of me and it distracts me from actually examining me mm-hmm. i just examine the things around me and i go well, I have a decent amount of that stuff, so I'm good. And uh, I thought that was interesting. It kind of buffers you, like hedonism. You're, you're just, mm-hmm. you're actually distracting. Yeah, and I, I love that, uh, the, the critical assessment of that word, as is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. it, you know, it, it is, it's certainly, um, I guess, a fundamental of Christianity that like, we're not supposed to stay where we're at, but this is a reality for the world. Like, if mm-hmm. I keep my bank account at a balance of $100, I am actively getting poorer every day. Yeah. 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 And mm-hmm. I think the same can be said just in, in your life. Like if, if I'm, if I'm living a lifestyle right now and virtue and joy mm-hmm. and engagement and physical activity and, and all of these things and peace and comfort, and I'm, I'm happy to stay where I'm at. I'm, I'm fighting a losing battle. <laughs> yeah. Cause your health is all it's going, it's on decline yeah. no matter what. Mm-hmm. I was, uh, I, I had the stark reality the other day that I'm, I'm past middle life. I realized I'm 39. I was like, what's the, how long um, do you intend to live? What is, well, the, the, 
the average life expectancy for uh, a man is like I think it was like seventy six. So is I'm that like, right? Oh dang, I've, I'm I'm gone. Yeah. I'm on the I'm on the hill down. So if I'm just happy as is, well, I'm on the downward path already. And yeah, I thought happens? I was still going yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's a, that's actually a decent reflection question. If we're talking examine, is like. Um, if you're looking at your life and you're saying you're happy, would you still be happy absent the things in it? Right? Like if you, if like, if those things fall away, I know that's like the book of Job, right? Like that's like the whole story, but like what, yeah, what's it rooted in? Uh-huh. I think, um, I, I have, I have a thought off that. I'm going to use my two cents and drop it into our mission Ooh. garden tea can, which I think is actually really legit. Um, I wonder how that tea tastes. Um, not good anymore. Oh yeah. Like I it's just about forgot what I was going to say. No, I didn't. Um, so I think beatitude. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about um, just like how we define happiness. So if that person says, I am happy as mm. is, what are they meaning when they say happy, right? Um, Thomas Aquinas, he, he starts famously with that question, what is beatitudo, which is what is happiness? And, um, and it's funny because I think that oftentimes in our day-to-day lives or, or, or even like um, in conversation with people in the secular world, whenever we hear them say they're happy, what they're saying is I'm pleased, right? Like I, I'm pleased with um, the things in my life. They're going in a way that's favorable for me. Um, they are they are having the outcome I desired them to have. Like when we're saying happy, we're meaning pleased. And, and the reality is that like not all of life is pleasing. Like we're gonna have trials and tribulations that come our way. And if, if what someone is saying is I am happy as is, again, to Dan's point of as is, um, if you take as is and you take the definition of happiness, it's like, yeah, but what happens if you're defining happiness the wrong way so that when it's something else, it's no longer as is? You know, and so I think um, it's important how we define happiness. Is happiness that which is immediately pleasing to me, or is happiness true groundedness? Yeah, happiness is uh, acceptance of things as they are with radical gratitude, right? Like acceptance of things as they are with radical gratitude. Like exactly what's happening right now. I have a a joy in me that goes beyond that, and that's why I'm happy. Is because. I see a greater reality. I see myself as yeah. um, as someone carrying that gr- that that greater reality, someone that's supposed to live from that. So I, I think my two cents is whenever someone says that, I am happy as is. Uh, why do I need Jesus? Well, you you need Jesus because He is by definition the the only thing that will bring lasting happiness, happiness that even transcends life itself. Right. So um, the definition of happiness, I think, is important. Yeah. He is. It's, yeah. I think it is funny. We're looking at like, why do I need happiness as is? It's like, well, because Jesus, like, why do I need Jesus? It's because Jesus is happiness. Yeah, and so right. they're like, and so it's almost, you're just sad because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the the person doesn't even know. Like, you don't even know that, like, you don't even know who Jesus is. And so like, why do you need Jesus? Because you don't even know what, you don't even know what happiness is yet. Like you haven't, like you haven't tasted and seen the goodness of the Lord. So Mm. your Mm. worldview is a darkened worldview. And that doesn't mean you're a bad person. It just means the light hasn't gone off yet. Like I could, I could be in a dark room and be like this, this, this room looks Mm. good as is. Mm. But then when you turn on the lights, you're whoa, like this looks so much better. That keeps us from being frustrated with that person too. Because maybe they are happy as is. They don't know that happiness oh, yeah, goes yeah. beyond being pleased, right? Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes in in mission, we can come from a place of frustration instead of from a place of like brokenheartedness. Like, I want you to know this, like badly, because if you would know, like when, when Dr. Cowell in that bar, like mentions that, if that comes from purely a place of anger and frustration, it's yeah. suggesting you should know better, but maybe they don't know better. Yeah. Like the evangelist is the bringer of good news. We're supposed that, to help them know better. Yeah. Right? To turn um, the lights on. That's what the evangelist yeah. does. Yeah. He turns the lights hmm. on. Yeah, what hmm. was, I think it was Benedict the 16th talked about how 
an encounter with Jesus sets life on a new horizon and a decisive direction. I remember as some guy was, uh, I was talking to was describing his conversion. And he said, the day after I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, I was driving down the road and he's like, I was, dr- I was literally on the same highway I had been on every single day driving to work. And he's like, I started to see trees. I didn't even know ex- were there. He's yeah. like, everything on this drive looked different, mm. right? Because mm. to, to what, what's the phrase you always say? It's de- your yeah. life is definitively different having yeah. known Jesus and not, not knowing, knowing him. him. Yep. And so like, once you know him, yep. happiness as is was happiness as is. Yeah. But once you know him, happiness has been redefined mm-hmm. and everything mm. looks different. So yeah. yeah, you are happy as is. Do you want 2.0 happiness? Yeah. Try Jesus. Yeah, yep. Yeah, no, I, love I, I do too. I do too. I was actually, it's funny, the, the tree thing had me think of something earlier. Like uh, Nina and I bought a house maybe like a year and a half ago now. And I was just walking around cleaning it the other day. And there's certain corners of the house. I'm like, I didn't even know these were here, <laughs> right? Like, like there are just things around us. Like, and let those little moments in your life show you how there's so much more out there than you even know. Yeah. Like if, if I don't know the corners of my house, I don't know, I don't know the gravitas of God. Like I, I don't know how good that is. Mm-hmm. Right. And I want to keep leaning into that. And um, have you guys ever been inspired by a, by a TV villain? <laughs> I'm sure you have. <laughs> I didn't know how to respond. I, uh, I actually don't know what uh, just happened. That laugh surprised me. Well, uh, Jack, was it Batman forever? I was, I think I was in middle school when Two-Face, the, the, the villain in the Batman mm. movie, Two-Face, yeah. he had a really good coin flip. So for most of my middle school oh career, oh, Here it comes. I, worked on, yep. I worked on the coin flip. Yep. Ah, that was I'm, I'm not gonna get bad, it. though. A little short. Oh, Aaron. I'm off the rim. So we should give him. All right, we should Aaron, give him. The goal of Mission Makes Sense. I mean. What? Right. <laughs> right. we, we, got a, we got a whole, we got a whole season. We're going to let that go. Us. All right. Um, okay, here we go. Dan's gonna Dan's gonna hate this. I've only ever once quoted an ancient philosopher. Oh man! Okay, you're you're a disgrace to Catholicism. <laughs> we did a we did a retreat. A <laughs> Wait, I heard from that. That was kind of mean. In <laughs> the first episode, we called someone a disgrace. Wow! There we go. Wow! Yeah. Uh, no, a couple of years ago, we we used to run a retreat for for high school students, and uh, we we led with a question similar to this: what What will make you happy? And mm. it, it was kind of based on that definition, Brad. That we actually looked at to how Aristotle describes goodness and happiness. And there's this terminology, uh, philosophical terminology called an essence, mm-hmm. which you talk about like the, the actual core crystallized nature of a, of a thing, mm-hmm. right? And that, and that when, you, when you fulfill, when a thing aligns itself, fulfills its essence, it can be described effectively as good. And uh, when that thing fulfills its essence, that, that that is the the philosophical definition of happiness. Mm-hmm. So I used to show uh, I used to show you you guys probably remember this. I used to show a video on the retreat of a guy driving just an insane motorcycle. Right. Uh, I, I hope you never have the it opportunity Ducati, to do right? this. At if home. I recall, I forget what he was driving. I but think it was he, a Ducati. Uh, he's going down the highway. He's he's doing like 160 miles an hour, Loving like to the point where he's weaving in and out of traffic and, and these cars that are traveling at highway speeds are just like flying by him as if they're standing still. Jack, can we have a disclaimer at the bottom of the screen that says, please don't do ever do that. Don't ever drive. Damascus does not endorse this kind of behavior. <laughs> it's the worst idea ever. And, uh, and he's, he's recording this video thinking he's all awesome and high and mighty. And then all of a sudden, this other motorcycle just flies by him, probably doing like 250. And my, my definition of the guys was like, 
that is a happy motorcycle, right? <laughs> yeah, right, it's, right, right? It's fulfilling its purpose and its essence. And, and I think a lot of times when you ask this question, um, I'm, I'm okay where I'm at. Uh, why do I need more, right? Mm-hmm. Why do I need Jesus? And I would suggest that Jesus will give you more um, is because you, you don't know what you're missing. Yep. I think that's, that's where I would stand. You don't know what you're missing if you, if you think you're good enough where you're at. And, uh, and you know, St. John Paul II, he has a quote that I love and I, I quote it frequently. You've heard it on the show before if you've tuned in in the past, but man can only come to know himself through a sincere gift of himself. And until we've lived the lifestyle of Jesus, of truly giving ourselves away, um, we won't be fulfilled philosophically. And I, I've seen that in my own experience. I've seen that in, in you guys' life. I've seen that in the, in the life of the missionaries here at Damascus, mm-hmm. that, that a life poured out is a life fully alive. Yep. And if you're not living a life poured out, and truly the only way to effectively do that is in relationship with Jesus, yeah. then, then you're living a life unfulfilled. I love that. It's like, you can almost, if a person says like, why do I, I'm happy as is, why do I need Jesus? You can just like, yes, your life is good, but Jesus has a totally different kind of life for you, right? Yeah. That Christianity mm-hmm. isn't this mm-hmm. life that when we're baptized, like, we're plunged in the waters of baptism. We die to ourselves, and we come out a new creation. Paul says, yeah. whoever is in Christ Jesus is a new creation. The old has passed away. New things have come. And you're kind of talking about this new life in Jesus that like, yeah. okay, Christianity isn't living my life and feeling good about my life and finding happiness because I have Jesus as an accessory. You know, Christianity is I died and I rose another Christ that Jesus is saying your life is good as is, but I can give you my life. Yeah, <laughs> right. I would right. rather be Jesus's hands, his feet, his mm-hmm. heart, his mouth, his pulse in this world than my own. Than a, than and, a good enough Dan. Yeah. yeah right, 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 like, right. and that is so, like, it's a transformed <clears throat> lifestyle. Christianity is a transformed life. And if you want a different way of life, a supernatural life, a heavenly existence starting today, Try Jesus. Yeah, I agree. I, I think, um, oh man, my, my mind's going into a bunch of places. I think um, like the, the first thing off what you're saying, Dan, is like, um, we're not made for, we're just not made for complacency. And I think what happens when someone states something like this question is that they're thinking to themselves, no, I just want to appreciate things as is, okay? I just want to be appreciative. But there's a, there's a difference between appreciation and complacency. And what ends up happening is we actually hide complacency bes- like behind or beside like a false appreciation. It's like, no, I'm just okay with how things are. It's like, but no, you're not though. You're mm-hmm. not okay with how things are because you weren't made to be okay. You know with what the, how the perfect are. way to respond to that is? Tell me. By asking how we can live it. Yeah. On mission. Every day. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's a decent segue. But uh, I do think the, like the last thing I want to say there though is before, because I do think I, I like, I, I do think that's actually real, but I, I do think that there's a, um, there's an, uh, an element of us where we as like a Christian people are living in a secularized society uh, in, in the world we live in. And I, I've been kind of writing about this a little bit. Like it, um, it, it almost wants to keep us impactless. Mm-hmm. It's just like, just go through your life. Don't make too many ripples. Right. But inside of us, something wants to make ripples. Right. And if that's gone dormant, we need to resurrect that. Yep. And Jesus will do that. Like that's what he does is he resurrects any of those areas of complacency. That's why we should examine. That's why we should. Well, and not questions. to be silly, but like mission momentum is that, right? It's the sure. ripple. And so that's, that's right. something that's right. that you talk about this. And sometimes when you're preaching, Brad, there's mm-hmm. something when you throw that rock in the water and you see the ripple, 
-hmm. this idea that my life matters is seen in that Mm -hmm. ripple that Mm -hmm. I can have an impact. And that's, that's the coolest thing about Jesus is he doesn't just say, Hey, I want, I want you to have a relationship with me because I'm going to fix all of your problems and be the crutch that you lean on. Right. That's right. No, it's that we have a share in his suffering, but we also have a share in his glory that Jesus says, I love you so much. You get to accompany me on mission. Yep. I'm going to fill you with the, the Holy Spirit, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, the same spirit that enabled Jesus to heal the sick and raise the dead is given to us so that we can live missionary lives. Yep. And, and so if you're just seeking really Jesus because you're mm-hmm. seeking the next thing to provide you the, the greatest high, you're seeking the wrong, like you're just seeking a, a hedonistic life, yeah, right? And right. like, and life isn't mm-hmm. meant for just you. It's meant to make that ripple. Yeah, that's right. And I, I think, uh, yeah, well, I couldn't do it better than I think you two have. We're going to move into uh, <laughs> that, that, uh, that segment, but I, I know I'm in agreement. I, I say that uh, kind of like lightheartedly, but I think um, mission momentum, this section is kind of why this show exists, right? Is we, yeah. we do want people to, to carry these thoughts into the world, right? Because this, uh, podcast doesn't exist so we could think good thoughts. It's so that we can make an impact. All right. And so, um, I got, I have I, my, yeah, why don't my, we throw I have my mission you? challenge. So, okay. Okay. So, so this is again, how, uh, for the, those new to the season, right? Uh, which this is, is everybody, how, which is everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All of us. Yeah. I'm like looking at you, Jack, like, Hey, We're you're all new. new. Um, but, uh, it's, it's how we can build momentum on in, mission, on mission in our lives. Yep. All right. I'm going to challenge everyone. You are going to find someone this week. If you've listened to this podcast, there is someone in your life that you know that the Spirit has convicted you that they are not happy. So my challenge is actually talk to that person this week mm-hmm. uh, and address their unhappiness. That if the Spirit has convicted you that the lifestyle that this person is living is leading to unhappiness in their life, have a conversation with them and, and ask them in the depths of your heart, are you unhappy? And if you are, try Jesus. I like that. I like that. Aaron, how about you? How can we build? I think a lot of times we, we, we tend to ask this question, like, am I, am I satisfied enough? Is my life good enough? Because a lot of times the church doesn't look much different from the secular world. Hmm. And um, my encouragement is that that doesn't have to be the case, right? Mm -hmm. That as Dan was saying, like we, we are called not just to share in Jesus's suffering, but in his glory. Mm -hmm. And we, we've seen it here at Damascus. We've seen it through many different communities, Christian communities who, who have embraced that call of realizing, God, you actually desire for me to be um, a supernatural uh, difference maker in the world. Mm, yeah. Like I, I'm, a, I'm a force of, tra- of transformation that when I pray for someone who, to be healed, I can see their body transformed. That yeah. when, I, when I am in uh, connection, when I can hear the voice of my father, that I can actually speak words with a wisdom that surpasses natural yeah. understanding, natural wisdom, mm-hmm. natural strategy. So. I guess it's an encouragement that you you have a capacity to live a life that's greater than the life you're living now and mm-hmm. to pray for that reality to be made manifest in your life. Uh, it, and if you don't have the words to pray for that yourself, mm-hmm. find someone to pray with you for that. Mm-hmm. You'd, you'd be shocked at, at the capacity that God's given you to live a supernatural lifestyle. I love that. Uh, how to build mission momentum in the week to come. I think I am gonna answer that question with three words, engage the moment. So I think... Um, what, what we can often do is have life pass us by instead of engaging it. And usually when we start engaging our life, we start seeing pockets that could be fixed. We start seeing people who could be talked to. We start seeing um, gaps that we can fill. And when we engage the moment, mission flows from that. And so um, what I would encourage you to do over the next week and into the rest of your life is, is to try to bring yourself present to the moment. Like when you're at the gas station, be at the gas station, not just on your way somewhere. When you're at the restaurant, be at the restaurant, not just on your way somewhere. When you're at work, be at work, not just on your way to somewhere. When you're with your family 
and so on and so forth. Um, yeah, I think that's what I got. That's um, awesome, Brad. But uh, yeah, this is sweet. I love this. So um, again, this is uh, Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. We hope that you've encountered the Lord in a new way today through the content shared. And hopefully this next week is a week where you spend time with the Lord on mission. We uh, are going to be back again next week and we're going to keep uh, trying our hand at this. You're listening to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Beyond Damascus is aired on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network and right here in Central Ohio on St. Gabriel Radio. You can listen to the whole version of today's show at www.ewtn.com slash radio slash podcasts. Or check us out on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. We'll be right back with this episode after a short break. Proclaiming the faith, changing lives. The year was 1993. EWTN provides live coverage for World Youth Day, 93, from Denver, Colorado, to 32 million homes. It marks the debut of a new producer, Michael Warsaw, who will one day become EWTN's chairman of the board and chief executive officer. To learn more about Mother Angelica's life and the history of EWTN, visit EWTN.com slash Mother Angelica. The Catholic MomCast brings you all things faith, family, and fun from a Catholic perspective. From the latest news in our community to the latest trends in our homes and the church, you can hear Catholic MomCast as well as faith-filled podcasts from our friends and affiliates across the nation, all in one place, all free at EWTN Podcast Central. Visit EWTNRadio.net slash podcasts today. The most original and exclusive Catholic content is on EWTN Radio. More to Life is all about exploring what it means to live the Catholic difference in everything we do. Our goal is to help people see that when they are connected to His grace, there is so much more to life. More to Life with Dr. Greg and Lisa Popcheck Monday morning, 10 a.m. Eastern on EWTN Radio. EWTN uses the power of radio to reach people whenever and wherever they're searching for answers to questions about their Catholic faith. EWTN radio is heard on over 500 domestic and international AM and FM radio affiliates. For a complete list of programs and how to hear EWTN radio, visit EWTN.com and click radio. EWTN, the global Catholic network. Welcome back to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Beyond Damascus is aired on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network and right here in Central Ohio on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Beyond Damascus. I am Dan Dimite, and this is my good friend Aaron Richards and hey, Brad Piron. Yes, sir. What's up, brothers? You guys ready for a fun show today? I think so. I'm ready for a fun Aaron, show. are you going to give us some excitement today, or are you just going to be yeah, super chill and mellow? Be over I'm, there. I'm okay. never chilled nor mellow. Oh, okay. And for the record, Dan and I have coffee in our box. Aaron <laughs> yeah, has water I, in his. I've been asking people, who's your favorite <laughs> That's person my on problem. Beyond Damascus? And everyone <laughs> says, I, I, everyone says Aaron. I'm like, this is, I have issues. they're freaked out by you. <laughs> All right, so if you are, <laughs> you're joining us you guys are too much. in this new season, we are switching <laughs> things up. We are asking questions while our audience is asking questions, and then we each give our own two cents worth on what our answer to that bing, question bing. is. And we just have some fun. So Jack, we are ready today for the question of the day. Lay it on us, my friend. 
Uh, the question of the day is, as a Catholic, should I be charismatic? I'm just going to throw my sense in from the get-go. Okay, okay, so here we go. I would say my answer is, as a Catholic, you already are charismatic. Mm. Like, uh, the, by right of your baptism, you received the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so to be charismatic simply means that you have an openness That's to the good. gift of the Holy That's Spirit. Good. So if you desire the Holy Spirit mm. in your life, uh, then, then yes, you are charismatic. You mm. and. I mean, I think Jesus, he talks about like the only unforgivable sin is blasphemy in the Holy Spirit. Like to reject the Holy Spirit is to reject he who is the Lord, the giver of life, the sanctifier. So baptism gives us the sanctifying grace to be open to the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I think this is beautiful because uh, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are not like, they are so diverse and so rich. And so anyone who wants to participate in the life of, of Christ has to be open to the gifts. Why? Because the Holy Spirit doesn't just give missional gifts, right? He also gives sanctifying gifts. And so the sanctifying gifts of the Holy Spirit are charismatic gifts that allow me to be become holier. You, you think about the saints and the mystics, like John of the Cross, Teresa of Avila, Catherine of Siena, like they were insanely charismatic. Like they were so filled with the Holy Spirit. And, and they, they, they would say that the, 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 the journey to holiness is all gift, right? That contemplation is a gift. That's a sanctifying gift. Contemplation, it's a gift of the Holy Spirit. The, the, the mystics talk about the purgative phase of holiness, uh, the illuminative phase of holiness, the unitive phase of holiness. These, these phases or these stages where I grow in the spiritual life. Well, I, if I go from the purgative, the repentance phase, to the illuminative phase, well, who is it that's calling me to purgate, to, to repent? It's the Holy Spirit who convicts the heart of sin and righteousness. And then who is the one who's illuminating? Well, the illumination is the Holy Spirit. So I can't move from purgation to illumination or to the unitive phase, spiritual marriage without the Holy Spirit. So as a yeah. Catholic, should you be charismatic? As a Catholic, you are charismatic. And the charismatic dimension of our faith is so beautiful, right? Mm -hmm. That um, mm -hmm. Jesus intended the church to have both a hierarchical dimension and a charismatic dimension. The hierarchical, hierarchical dimension is this sustaining sacramental dimension of the faith, uh, yeah. the, the, the apostolic succession, the, the truth of the faith, the, the teaching office of the church. The charismatic is the, the new life, the waves of grace and these new mm -hmm. movements in the mm -hmm. church. So, you know, I think, I think of like um, Franciscan, like the Franciscans, the Dominicans, like the, 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 the Jesuits, these were charismatic movements of God mm -hmm. in the very life of the church. And so if we like Francis and we think Franciscans should exist, well, that was a charismatic move. And so uh, Francis was charismatic simply because he allowed the charism that God was asking him to bring to the church to come to the church. And mm -hmm. it, that's not a rejection of the hierarchical dimension. It's a, a complementariness, yeah. right? So as a Catholic, yes, you are charismatic, deal with it, right? Yeah. Oh, that's really Those are good. my two cents. Now um, someone's crying in the background. We're going to have comments. Um, I think the analogy that was coming to my mind when you were saying that is like um, a sailboat. Like the hierarchical dimension is like, is, is like the boat itself, yeah. right? And the Holy Spirit is this wind that goes into the sails. Now, nice. now the boat works with the, with the wind, right? Like you, you can change the direction of the, of the sails to where they will catch the wind, right? There's a structure to the boat. There's a structure to the mast, right? And, the, and this wind that comes in can be unpredictable, but in like beautiful ways that when in combination with the order that the ship has moves things forward, you know, and that, that analogy, I think, uh, probably falls towards like 
falls short like all do. But um, the other thing that was on my mind is um, divinization. So I, I think it, it's funny because like the, we know that the, <laughs> the Christian life was made that we would partake in the life of God, right? right. Like that God desires us for himself. And if God desires us for himself, we can't even say that Jesus Christ is Lord, but by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So the Holy Spirit is an operator in our life unto the end of divinization. Yeah. So to deny the Holy Spirit denies our ability to become who we were made to be. And I think that's the key to what I was trying to, like it, 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 often when we say, should I be charismatic? We're thinking about all these external things. And like at the heart of the charisms is the person of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And so if you don't, like the more we know Holy Spirit, the more we simply are charismatic because relationship with Holy Spirit is a charismatic move. Do you think we've done like the charismatic dimension of the faith a disservice by calling it a spirituality? Yeah, I mean, actually, I think, was it Paul VI who instituted the the, the charismatic- yeah, The Charis Institute. Yeah, yeah, the Charis Institute. And he, he's like- USCC he, or the- uh, Vatican, yeah, the thing. Vatican Institute <laughs> the the for the charismatic yeah. yeah. And the, the idea was that at some point, like he, he said, at some point, this committee in the Vatican should cease to exist because you're simply here to help remind the church that she, by her very nature, is charismatic. And mm. so we don't have a charismatic spirituality, a yeah. charismatic club, a charismatic group. Uh, it, that's like saying, like, like, as a Catholic, should I be sacramental? Yes, yeah. the, the church mm -hmm. by her very nature is sacramental mm -hmm. and the church by her mm -hmm. very nature is charismatic. That's good. You, yeah. you can't divorce the two. To have one without the other is silly. We have made it a spirituality. Yeah. That's, that's, that is an incorrect theology that we have to heal. It's done us a disservice. Yeah. yeah, and I think some of that's because we're like, uh, we're partaking in the very thing we challenge sometimes, right? Because a lot of that, like spirituality type of conversation actually came from the Reformation, not from Catholicism. Like we, we mm. had that stuff in the church and they were like, but we want this element to be primary. And the church, it, the Catholic church is like, well, we want all of it. It's all yeah. here. Like come partake in this, be a part of it, right? So yeah, I think the spirituality thing. And we're starting to do that with tradition as well, right? Now all sure. of a sudden the traditionalism sure. or whatever is becoming a spirituality in the church. It's yeah. like, no, by her very nature, as a Catholic, you are traditional. We are ancient, <laughs> yeah. ever ancient, like, ever And new. so yeah. we're like, Good. pray, pray That's traditional prayers, mm -hmm. pray charismatic it, it prayers. It actually weakens your foundation to claim mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. to, to, to claim that you're a spirituality. Yeah. It's a, a yeah. mode of expression. It yeah. yeah. Right. It's an, yeah. It's expression. Yep. yep. Uh, Dan, I'm honored by your willingness to jump in first. It allowed me to do a little research while mm. you were answering as well. Oh, wow. Joke's but, on you, Dan. So for getting acronyms overzealous. are hard for me. It's the ICCRS, the International Catholic Charismatic Renewal Services. Oh, thank you. Thank you for finding founded. that the, quickly. The, the no, that, that, was, that, that, that was the, that was the, that was hidden up here. And Aaron, you and your sense, Aaron. It's going to take my eye out. I'm going to jump on it though. Okay. So John Paul II, he, he famously identified it that in the charismatic renewal, okay, so it's not just it's not just the uh, charismatic nature of the church that's lasted through generations, but in the charismatic renewal, the church has rediscovered that charismatic expression as uh, as a coessential part of her of her nature. Mm. So uh, you, we we cannot say that one is better or higher than the other. The charismatic and the hierarchical are coessential expressions yeah. of Catholicism, right? And uh, I, I, I love where you, where you were going with this. We are, we are already charismatic. And I think that the reality is when people have issue with being charismatic, they usually have issue not with the fact that the Holy Spirit guides the church, yeah. right? Or else that would be very problematic. You're no, no. longer a Christian. <laughs> um, but uh, it, it's, it's an issue with, with charismatic expression mm -hmm. and charismatic praise. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I like to go to two, uh, two, yeah, and that's, that's like 
those those people are crazy Maddox, right? The people who are just I'm I'm a little scared of that too sometimes. <laughs> you know, to be honest. But uh, Revelation four is one of my favorite places for this. You see this image of heaven, and it, it's not all contained here, but it's a it's a good little insight, right? After I looked up, behold, in heaven an open door, and the first voice which I heard speaking to me like a trumpet. Okay, so we don't speak quietly in heaven. No. Um, reverence in heaven sounds like people who sound like trumpets. <laughs> Come up here and I will show you what must take place after this. I was filled with the spirit and behold, a throne stood in heaven, one seated on the throne and who sat there, he appeared like Jasper. Around the throne were 24 thrones. Seated on the thrones were 24 elders clothed in white. From the throne issues forth flashes of lightning, voices and peals of thunder. And before the throne burned seven torches. It goes on, there's four living creatures surrounding the throne. Forever these living creatures are singing. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and who is and who is to come. And in response to the song of these living creatures perpetually in heaven, the, 20, or the, the elders, the 24 elders, they cast down their thrones. They make a physical response, mm-hmm. a physical act of worship. And they respond singing, worthy are you our Lord and God to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will they existed and were created. So. Mm-hmm. You're not a fan of loud noises and singing. Oh boy. Trumpets, harps, peals of thunder, uh, and perpetual noise. You're not going to like heaven very much. (laughs) (laughs) Heaven's going to stink. So so heaven, our heavenly expression is a a loud place. Why? Because this physical expression of our inward, this outward expression of our inward disposition, um, it aligns aligns so, uh, so accurately with how we're created to worship. Mm -hmm. You see this in the Psalms. The Psalms are... Mm -hmm our, our, our uh, original songbook of prayer, right? And so many of them are written in a way where it's like, okay, that, that type of outward expressive prayer um, makes me blush a little bit when I think about it, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I was able to research there. Even the catechism uh, identifies this as well. Uh, Dan, while you were speaking, uh, paragraph 2702, it talks about various different types of worship. And um, you can... I've talked about this time or two. It's not the first time I've read this down. Uh, the need to involve the senses in interior prayer corresponds to a requirement of our human nature. Mm-hmm. So it's our human nature that actually requires both an interior component mm-hmm. and an expressive component. Mm-hmm. We are body and spirit, mm-hmm. and we experience the need to translate our feelings externally. We must pray, catechism of the Catholic Church says, with our whole being to give all power possible to our supplication. Mm-hmm. So, the idea of um, of proper prayer being reserved and reverent prayer, mm-hmm. it's it's just not in alignment with with Catholic theology. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh man, I, I think what's standing out to me is like I never want to build a theology around my comfort. Yeah, yeah. Right. So like I like and that goes to both sides, both sides, right? Like <laughs> both if, it, sides. if it's if if I'm like sitting in an Eucharistic adoration and it's silent in there and I'm uncomfortable, good, lean into that. What's God have for that with you? Yeah. yeah? And like on the other side, if if you're in a place where like you're, you're like uh, in a place where songs are being sang loudly and, and people are entering in it a different way and you're uncomfortable. Let, let's not demonize the person that's the exact opposite as us because that's a reflection of a different aspect of humanity, which by definition is a reflection of a different aspect of God. Mm. And I think that's like, I don't, I don't know. I, I see that all the time. We just create a theology around our temperaments. Like yeah. this, is, this is just how I am, right? And that, so that's how theology is going to be. And it's like, I don't know if we want to do that's that. That's problematic. Yeah, well, it, it, certainly. And I, I don't know. I am sure there are people like this, but I don't know anyone who has quote charismatic spirituality, like that has expressive worship in their life and expressive prayer in their life 
that doesn't also have silent prayer in their life. Mm -hmm. But I do know people who have silent prayer in their life that have very little expressive prayer in their life. And so it, it, you, you do wonder, well, uh, if, if I was only expressive and I only did mm. external worship, and then you would say, that's a problem because you also need silence. But no one ever says, well, it's a problem that you only have silence yeah. and you also don't have expression. And so I think there's, the, the Lord wants us to have both and, and I think you're, you're ex explaining how that's rooted in scripture and theology, that that is it, God's desires for the both and, that he doesn't want us just to be expressive and just to have external praise but he, but he also wants the, the silent contemplation. And the beautiful thing is the mass is the both and. Yes, the mass right. the mass is extremely yeah. expressive. It has, it's meant to have uh, so, uh, songs. It's meant to have times of silence. Mm -hmm. It's meant to have times where I'm standing and I'm kneeling and like- Beating on it, your breast because yeah. it's my fault. Like the, you're embodying what you're saying. The divinization, the mingling of the bread and yes, the wine, yes. right? That there's, there's all of this that is, uh, that- the both and is, yeah. the, and it's a gift because I'm body and soul. So like God wants me to have both because that's how he built me. Yeah. It, I think when, when style comes into the conversation, because it does at some point. Yeah. Uh, it, it, like it's okay for you to have particular musical preference. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I've, you know, I've, I've participated and been a part of um, traditional liturg liturgical expression within Catholicism that truly does embrace a charismatic element, right? Yep. Where where you can engage in in the traditional, you know, whether it's whether it's the traditional Latin Mass or whether it's uh, a, a more traditional expression of the Novus Ordo, mm -hmm. that that can be done in a way where your whole where your whole being comes alive. Yeah, it's just not what we what we often see. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they, well, it, and they should, like it's what we should see, right? Like the, it's, yeah. it's it's actually supposed to be the, the the fullness of both of them. I'm just like thinking to myself of certain like pictures I've seen before of like priests, like w during the consecration, like someone will catch a picture of them just weeping and it just takes them a minute to lower it, that they weren't on their normal cadence. You know, yeah. something about that off scriptness is beautiful. Like, it, yeah, it's beautiful that we say the same words Jesus said, and that's what happens at the consecration, yep. right? That we, we articulate verbatim what Jesus said. There's a power yeah. in that. There's also a power in him holding up the Eucharist for a few more minutes because he's weeping of how beautiful this thing he's beholding is. Like, that 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 matters. That's human. Like that, that's like that's a that's a what is a, a Jimmy Valvano who's like yeah. if you do these three things every day, if you think, laugh, and cry, or something like that. There's something about our our humanity that's interior and exterior. I'm I'm not like saying necessarily you have to do that every day, right? But there's there is something to that. No, it's, a, it's a great example though, Brad, of how the the uh, if you will, the charismatic dimension and the hierarchical dimension of the faith are displayed at the liturgy at. Uh, at simultaneously like that yes. when the word of god is proclaimed the gospel is proclaimed from the pulpit the, yeah. that that is truth that is the the logos word of god mm -hmm. the truth of god is mm -hmm. is being proclaimed from the pulpit and yet at the same time the spirit of god is in me allowing me to hear the word to convict my heart of something. Yes. So as I hear the the external truth of God that is unchanging and unfat like unfathomable and uh, uh, like perfect, mm -hmm. then God starts to speak to me in an individual way to understand mm -hmm. what God wants that truth, uh, how that God wants that truth to impact my life yeah. right now. Yes, right. And, and that is hierarchical, unchanging truth and a charismatic move of the Holy Spirit in me at the yeah. same time. Yeah, uh, that's, that's so good. I'm thinking like 
the um, I, so I'm not speaking theologically here. I'm speaking just kind of like simply from a personal standpoint. You're just but, talking like bradyology. Well, I just don't want people to like hold me to a technicality here because I think the point that I'm trying to make is is deeper than just what my words might be able to make out of it. But I, I've always appreciated the revelation of the Godhead in the Trinity, these three persons, because they just show me something different about who God Almighty is. That like the Holy Spirit and the way that we talk about Holy Spirit and who he is, the giver of life, uh, proceeding from the Father and the Son, like all these things just give me a different way of experiencing God Almighty. Jesus Christ, the incarnation of God, like it just gives me a different vantage point. And, mm-hmm. and the Father, like, oh, wow, like fatherhood perfectly. It just does, it's, it's just different. The, there's a real mercy in, the, at least for me, in that God has revealed himself in three persons because I, I see him differently from different vantage points by looking at the three persons. Our faith should be like that. Mm. I want to look at things that I'm not naturally drawn to in the faith because it, it's showing me something different. Like even in the Godhead, like when I first had my conversion, Jesus made a lot of sense to me, but the father and the Holy spirit, I was still like, I don't know how to make this out. Mm-hmm. But, but in leaning in there, I'm like, oh my goodness. Like I'm so much more whole now that I'm seeing these different aspects of God yeah. almighty. Same thing with our, our spirituality quote unquote, like I have a tendency to be a little more intellectual than your average person. Like I like reading. I like listening. I like all that stuff, like to probably too much of a degree, but, but I also like just emotive expression because humans express emotively. Right. And, and so sometimes I think we just get cautious of like, yeah, but someone could go too far that way. It's like, well, of course, like, we get yeah. too far every way. Yep. Um, anyway, I don't know if that helps, but like that, that, that idea of the three persons of the Trinity, if you put that into the faith and say like, here's three different ways of doing the same thing. When you look at that, like the Novus Order and, and the traditional Latin mass, I think about it like that too. Yep. I see different things yeah. in both of them. Well, yeah. I think we should move towards you, you, excellence you, you in expression. That wasn't too modalist. Yeah. Good <laughs> okay, good. Okay. Yeah, I was wondering, I was like, if I end up in heresy, that would stink on episode two. But uh, I have my two cents. Um, All right, go for and it. And I do think that my two cents will probably hang in that like more like personal place too. I think I want to speak about this in the context of identity. Um, so like as a Catholic, should we be charismatic? Um, by being charismatic, you embody the entirety of the person you were made to be because the Holy Spirit brings the gifts to each individual in a unique way. We even talk about people having charisms, right? Like mm-hmm. certain people operate in a gift more profoundly and it allows us to have reverence and awe for what God made in that person. And um, yeah. I, I was at a conference one time and I, and I heard a line that I preach, I mean, probably monthly now, which is uh, each of us is a unique, specific and unrepeatable image of Jesus Christ to the father. That when the father looks at us, he looks at what he made and he says it's very good. And he says that in a particular way, because when he looks at you, Dan, and you, Aaron, and me, and anyone listening, he sees a unique aspect of Jesus that's in no one else. It's in no one else. And the Holy Spirit wants to bring that fully alive. And so should we be charismatic? Well, that, that question's as silly as should we be alive? Mm-hmm. Like, yes, I want, I want you vibrantly alive. Like everything that God has put in you to reveal that aspect of Jesus is meant to come alive. And it's not going to be replaced by someone else. Like God's not going to make another Dan. So if, if Dan doesn't lean into that, it's not, it's not like a, uh, it, um, it's, it's not a zero sum game in the sense that like, if Dan doesn't get it, someone else will. It's like, oh, he had a will for you. Like for you in, in your circumstance, in your family and all of that. And again, God can work all things for good later. But I, I, I want to bring it to that context of identity. As a Catholic, should I be charismatic? Ask yourself if as a Catholic, you want to be fully alive. 
And if you want to be fully alive, what you're saying is I want to be the fullness of the image of Jesus that I'm called to be. Mm. And if your answer to that is yes, and your answer to that is amen, yeah. then you should be charismatic. I think. That's beautiful. Love uh, it. I don't know why, as you say that, Brad, I'm thinking about uh, the image uh, that we see in scripture so often of um, as the Holy Spirit is the breath of God. And just this idea that like, hmm. it, it, it fascinates me that um, my breath is the breath that I take and the work of my lungs produces a word. And, and, um, hmm. and the word that comes out of my lungs with this breath is different than the word that comes out of your lungs and your breath or your, your lungs and your breath. They're like, they, the, our voice sounds unique and different. Huh. And the breath of God alive in me in a charismatic way creates a unique image of God that the world is hungry for. Just as unique as your voice and my voice and Aaron's mm -hmm. voice. That, and it's, it's almost like, okay, I want the breath of God to, mm -hmm. to, to animate me, to the Lord, the giver of life, to allow divine life to be animated in me in such a way that I am giving the expression of God to the world that he desired to give to this world through me. And, um, and it just, I just feel so loved when I think about that. Cause it's like, God loves me so much that he gave me the gift of the Holy spirit that so that like, it, it's just, this like, like I'm this incredible creation that God was like, I'm going to animate myself in the world through you. It's like, that's so like unfathomable. Yeah, well, yeah. And, and take that to like, it's, it's natural conclusion. Like he's manifesting himself through you in the way only he can. So like he's saying, there's an aspect of me that I'm going to share specifically with you and you're going to reveal it in a way that no one else does. That's a part of me I've given to you yeah. that I haven't given to other people. That's the unique, that's the power of that unique, like identity relationship with God where I'm like, oh, I'm a son that has a unique piece of that DNA that, that looks like my father, but in a way that my other siblings don't. And there's a beauty in that. Of that. Yeah. So as a charismatic, I mean, as a Catholic, should you be charismatic? You can say it the opposite. As a charismatic, uh, should you be a Catholic? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we, you should yes. be charismatic. And if, so we're going to move into the section of our show where we talk about mission momentum. How are mm -hmm. we taking what we're just talking about and allowing that mm -hmm. to, to create a mission momentum into our week? How do we take mission into this week going forward? I want to jump on first. Yeah. Um, no, I want Brad to go first. I always hate it in the course of discussion when you try to draw a distinction and somebody ends up saying like, oh, we're both the same thing. Um, and and I, I sort of went there a little bit in identifying that a, a true expression and embrace of a traditional spirituality, of a traditional expression of, of yeah. spiritual life would would be truly charismatic if mm -hmm. you're if you're being honest with yourself, right? Um, I think the way we get I think I think the way we get past that is not to say these are the same things, but to say that uh, wherever you are right now, you're not all the way there. Yep. Right. And and when it comes to understanding the full expression of of our spiritual life, um, you've got to allow the Lord to stretch you in prayer. And I think intentionally exposing yourself to places that will stretch you can be a really good habit to, to, mm. to, to make. Um, so I, the challenge I would make, the, the, the missionary mission momentum challenge I would offer today is uh, this week, if you would say that you find yourself on the spectrum of like a more con, uh, contemporary expression of praise and of the charismatic dimension of the church, I would encourage you to try to find what the Lord has to share with you this week in maybe some of the more traditional expressions of spiritual life, mm -hmm. whether that's silence and adoration 
or whether that using the magic of YouTube, you're able to engage in some of the beauty of, of a traditional expression of liturgy. Mm -hmm. uh, go there and see how the Lord speaks. If typically your persuasion is more toward a traditional expression, mm -hmm. uh, suck it up and step into some of the more contemporary and, uh, and charismatic expressions of worship and just allow the Lord, give the Lord permission, work in me in that way. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I was going to say um, something along those lines, but I think I, I, I'd like to offer this. So to build mission momentum into the week, I think what I want to encourage people to consider is um, write, write out to the best of your ability the different things that you would describe you with. So write out who you are as a person. So like take a journal, if you're taking your prayer time, and just write down the things that you see in yourself, the strengths and things like that. Then write what the opposite of those would be, but in a positive way. So like, like if, if I'm really a strong communicator, like the opposite of that, but also positive, a really strong listener who, mm -hmm. who like, and, and I, want, I want the people listening to consider doing this because what you're going to begin seeing is when I speak about someone that's different than me in a honoring what, in an honoring way, I'm all of a sudden able to interact in the world in an honoring way with people that are different than me, which I think will set you up mm -hmm. for more evangelistic zeal. Because I think sometimes Again, uh, I, I'm, I'm always kind of beating this drum, but like when we go into the world and we look immediately to, I'm going to fix everything, we, we won't make the first action step. But if I see in someone potential and I'm calling that forward and that leads them to the good news of the gospel, it's just more effective mission. So I, I would just encourage you to write down the strength, like how you see yourself on the other side, write what the opposite of those would be, but in a positive sense. So not like a great communicator, it'd be like a poor communicator. It's like, what's, what's the counterbalance to this? And how does that make the world? Better? Man, that's a tough challenge. Right? So like, yeah, I think, <laughs> I think I, but I, I do think it'll give you, it'll give you yeah, something because I I, um, the, the person who is self-aware is a person that's going to be um, better apt for mission. Uh, I think for Mission Momentum, friends, it, it just try to see the Holy Spirit in everything uh, as much as you can. Look, like ask, where is Holy Spirit present there? Where was Holy Spirit present in that conversation I just had? Where is Holy Spirit present in that glance I just had? Where is Holy Spirit present in that prayer time I just had? And the greater, greater awareness of the Holy Spirit in your daily life um, will allow the gifts of the Holy Spirit to be magnified in your life. And as I said, the Holy Spirit has sanctifying gifts that those gifts that help you grow in holiness to overcome sin and to grow in intimacy with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit has missional gifts to allow you to um, heal the sick and to uh, bring people into union with Jesus. And so the, the Holy Spirit wants, as you become aware of his presence, you're able to then allow his gifts to be magnified more fully. And actually, it's like one of those things like, as you become aware of his presence, you start asking for his presence a lot more. Like yeah. you're becoming aware of yeah. it. Like, oh wait, I just I want his presence in this conversation. I want his presence in this moment. I want his presence in uh, as I get in the car and I drive to work. I just want his presence in my life, and I think that'll really restore us yeah. and, and agree. Uh, Awaken us. Friends, thanks for listening to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. You can listen to the whole version of today's show by searching for Beyond Damascus on YouTube or your favorite podcast app.